0: Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise here tonight. Are there any victorious people on a midweek? Hallelujah. Thank you for the victory. Praise be to God which gives us the victory. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. I feel victory in the house of the Lord here tonight. Amen. If you didn't have victory when you showed up, you can have it now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Tell them God bless you. And then you can be seated as you turn your Bibles to the book of Genesis. And just kind of keep your place in Genesis. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord here on this midweek. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like I've not preached recently. Amen. We've had several guest speakers, and man, it's been a God thing. And how many thankful for the word we received on Sunday? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I believe God has liberated some folks of shame. And if you ever struggle with shame I want to encourage you we've got our podcast we've got our YouTube you can always go back any of these sermons you hear um, they're not just meant for the moment you can go back and anytime the devil's trying to mess with you you just mess back and uh, go back I want to tell you that message on Mephibosheth on Sunday was incredible and uh, and and I believe it it's still touching people's lives and I believe if we get the right perspective of the king amen, it would make us want to be at the king's table a lot more frequently, amen, and so go back, listen to that again, and God will bless you, and uh, I'm thankful to be back in Bible study tonight, got a couple of questions, and they are going to lead us right into our recap for last week, and so you can also go back and look at any of these, I have notes available for every single lesson, when we're all said and done, if you want, I'll compile them all together for you, so you can take them, and, uh, You know, you can teach them as uh, in-depth as we do, or you can just skip a bunch of stuff and teach them a lot faster. That's the beauty of the Bible, is you can go as deep as you want to go. Amen. You can teach as deep as you want. Amen. There was a a question I got about uh, Abram and Lot, which is perfect because it's right in line with what we're going to be, kind of what we already talked about, and it'll help lead us into that. One of the questions was, why didn't Abram yell at the cattle? Uh, masters or the uh, or the herdsmen instead of yelling at Lot, I think that's a great question. Why did Abram yell or and I don't he didn't even yell at Lot he reasoned with Lot that's probably a better way of putting it. But why didn't he go after the herdsmen that were fighting together? Well, this is a great question which we don't have time totally to delve into, but everything rises and falls on leadership. And notice how the Bible puts it. They were the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot. And so the two leaders you have there are Abram and Lot. And instead of going and, and talking to the herdsmen, he talked directly with the leader. And by talking with the leader, he was able to then fix whatever was going on with secondary and tertiary leadership. Again, that's a great question because there's a lot that could be unpacked there about leadership. We are all called to be leaders, and uh, and sometimes if we're not careful, we'll try to get off into uh, the nitty-gritty of things and dealing with things on a subsurface level instead of just hitting it at the top level. Amen. Because if you you know if it's a biblical principle that if you if you strike the head. Uh, it'll affect the rest of the body. And so when it comes to leadership, if you can go and uh, talk with the head, and this is also a great opportunity uh, as for those that are leaders in the church, if you ever have questions, instead of talking amongst yourselves, sometimes it's go to the leader and ask the leader. They might have very good reasons why they do what they do, and it'll actually save a lot of strife. Instead of Abram bypassing Lot going to somebody else um, and causing maybe more confusion, and more trouble for lot he just went directly to lot and said lot you know decide what you're going to do and everybody said amen question next question was uh well this is this question we are going to kind of recap was there idolatry in sodom absolutely anybody got a good guess of what the biggest idol in sodom was pride which is love of self amen pride was themselves And the next question was, was Lot wicked? If not, why the separation? So uh, the Bible does call Lot righteous. But this is, I believe, after uh, the Bible usually tells us the full story. And then it covers it in grace. And then it reveals to us a deeper revelation. This is how somebody like uh, Samson can end up in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. You read the entire story of Samson. There is no place at the beginning of his story before grace shows up that Lot should ever end up in the heroes of faith. He is profane. He is doing bad things. But when he prays and God helps him, when he acts in faith, it was through that act, that act of prayer, that act of repentance, that when you look at it from the New Testament back to the Old Testament, you see the grace of God and you see that Samson ended his life as a man of faith, which is great for us to know. That we can make all sorts of mistakes, but as long as we can get it redeemed by the blood of the lamb, as long as we can get it under the, uh, as long as we can get ourselves through faith and in grace, it'll cover us. And now, what'll be written on the tombstone of your life will not be your past deeds; it will be what you have become because of the grace of God. And everybody said, "Amen." And so Lot, although he did wicked things, was involved in wicked things. The Bible says that even though he was in the wicked city, that he was that that Sodom and Gomorrah vexed his righteous soul. Amen. That's that's a we could really really unpack that, um, and I I want to uh, give some people some grace here tonight. I'm not going to say on Lot the entire night. We're going to move right past him, but you know. It was Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah because of his decisions. Your choices make a big difference in your direction. And Lot's decisions, one of them being that he pitched his tent towards Sodom, what seems like a harmless statement, actually shows his direction. And he looked down towards the well water, or what he thought was the well watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, what he thought was a good idea. In fact, this has been one of the greatest traps in the, in the lives of many people when we use the flesh to gauge the direction of our life. We, we cannot trust. The Bible says put no confidence in your flesh. Amen. Uh, put no confidence in your flesh, your carnal nature. Your heart, the Bible says, will lie to you. Your flesh only wants what it desires. It does not care about your salvation. It does not care about your soul It just cares about what it wants right now in the moment. And anybody that's ever given over to the flesh, they know the Bible says there's a pleasure in sin for a season. But when that season is done, it's not so pleasurable. Amen. Because sin, the Bible says, when it's finished, brings forth death. And so Lot, he was using the flesh to gauge his direction. This is how people when we get carnal we all do this so this is from the pastor all the way uh, down the road to the person on the street we all at times have used our flesh to gauge our direction but that's not a good gauge because your flesh will want something today that it will regret tomorrow this is why we got to be people that pray Amen. we got to be people that read the Word. This is why we come to Bible study, so we can get outside of our flesh. You know, in all of our world, it's telling you things like if it feels good or if it looks good, do it. Amen. But there's a lot of things that might look good, feel good, that are not good. Amen. Anybody that's lived any length of time at all will tell you, there's just some things out there that are not good. But this, this image of goodness, what looked good to Lot, was his downfall it ended up where he was in sodom and the bible says his righteous soul was vexed with sodom which means there was still something deep down on the inside of lot that even though he was living in the flesh and living in his carnality he knew this is not okay amen even though all of the population around him was doing things that were immoral he knew in his soul This is not all right, and there's people that uh, that even when they leave God, when they prodigal themselves and they fall away, they might be sitting on a bar stool, and their actions are not right. Their actions. I'm not condoning their actions, but in their soul, they can look around and say, "I don't belong here. This is not okay." Amen. And sometimes our soul does not align with our, our actions do not align with what our soul really wants. Our soul might be hungering and thirsting after God, but our flesh has got the control and it's got the steering wheel and it's leading us all in the wrong direction. And our soul is dying for thirst. This is what happened to Lot. And so to answer that question, was Lot wicked? Lot did wicked things. Lot was in a wicked city. But at the end of Lot's life, what ended in his life, he ended up in the will of God. He ended up in the mountain of God. Even after all of the mess, Lot still ended up following and obeying God. It took a lot of loss. Amen. And we talked about that last week. Okay, let's recap a little bit uh, about Sodom. Uh, We talked about it at the very end, but I I didn't get to spend as much time on this as I wanted to. Um, What was, uh, you know, what was the sin of Sodom? There's a lot of things our world and people that don't know the Bible uh, would simply say homosexuality and uh, just varying lifestyles of of that. And I would say that, yes, that is, in fact, in the Bible. But there's some people that have stopped there and said, see, there it is. That's the problem. That was the fruit. And I'm not condoning that. So don't don't misunderstand me here today. But if you have your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49, I'll give you a minute to turn there. Uh, one of the prophets is writing, and he is giving us a deeper understanding about Sodom. Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse number 49. The Bible says this. Man, i wait for the pages to get there. Amen. Praise God. If you don't got it just act like you do i'm just kidding ezekiel chapter 16 verse 49 behold this was the iniquity of thy sister sodom pride pride the idolatry of self the love of self was the number one problem the first listed problem pride the fullness of bread the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters Neither did she of the hand of the hand of the poor or the needy. And they were haughty and committed abominations before me. At the very end of that, you are seeing the fruit. All of the things that we read about last week in Sodom and Gomorrah that they said to, to, to Lot and his family, give us the angels. Uh, and they wanted to do abominable things to those angels. And Lot was, was trying to spare them and Lot was so twisted while living in this wicked place that his judgment got twisted and he offered his daughters how wicked is that i mean this is the problem people think that well i can be close to something and it not affect me i want to tell you proximity does make a difference uh, this is why when people come into the church Amen. we talk about separation we've talked about a lot come out from among them if you don't want to be an alcoholic it's it's a great goal but if you are trying to get away from alcoholism, don't hang out at the bar, don't hang out at the parties. Well, well, proximity doesn't matter, preacher. Okay, tell that to the alcoholic at the bar stool tonight that is trying to get free. Uh, tell that to the person that is going and and buying the things uh, at the store that they know they're trying to get rid of. This is the challenge. When 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 he was stuck in Sodom and Gomorrah, he continued to see things the way they saw them and as much as he wanted out what was happening is Sodom was not and this is this is the deal when we talk about lots righteous soul we can think well I'm good I'm righteous and I'm gonna go into Sodom and Gomorrah and I'm gonna affect them and I've heard people use this excuse pastor I'm not drinking I'm gonna go and be a witness I've heard people say that pastor I'm not partying. I'm just trying to win somebody to Jesus I want to say proximity makes a difference and when they get there they end up not affecting the party the party affects them and lot went down thinking I can handle this uh, it's not a big deal I'll be fine but you watch the story of lot he ends up losing everything amen and uh, and it affected him what was in Sodom and Gomorrah got into the heart of lot amen and so the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah it started with pride Pride is, uh, and and I said last week, but here in America, we got an entire month dedicated to pride. Americans pride themselves on pride. I want to tell you, it's not a virtue that is anywhere in the Bible. You know, I I think that there is a fine balance, and I'll say this, and I'll hopefully uh, not be misquoted or taken out of context. I'm thankful to live in America. Amen. Everybody get nervous. I'm thankful to live in America. But this idea of American pride and American nationalism uh, is scaring me. Well, praise God. When people equate Americanism to Christianity, they are not the same thing. In fact, I heard a preacher recently tell people they needed to stop reading their Bible so much and start reading the Constitution more. No. Although you should know your rights and you should read the constitution, I think that's important because if you don't know rights you lose them or you don't use them. I think that's important, but never never mix American Americanism with Christianity. They're not the same thing. Amen. We are in this world but we are not of this world we are ambassadors from another world sent we just happen to be missionaries to america amen we are not going to try to make people more american we're going to make americans more christian amen praise god and so Uh, Just that's a little side note. And if you have any questions about it, you can come talk to me later. Uh, We have soldiers in here. We thank God for our soldiers. I thank God I wouldn't want to live anywhere else in the world. I'm just blessed to have been born into America. But if we're not careful, we'll start letting that pride get in us that starts out or seems so innocent all of a sudden make us think we are better than other people. And then God wants to send us a revival of people of another nationality, but we don't treat them right because, bless God, they're not American. And I, I thank God that that's not ARC, but I've been a few places where it's the case. They're so American, they can't let anybody in their church that doesn't act, talk, uh, bleed red, white, and blue. Amen. That's not here. We thank God. We are a very conservative state, at least in the part of the state that's conservative. And uh, we're all gun-toting Americans. Praise God for that. But don't get it, don't get it twisted. Pride is still a sin. Amen. And if we're not careful, we will start out with what seems like a little ounce of pride that's not that big of a deal, and the fruit itself will not be good. It'll have us start standing for things uh, that the Bible stands against. Amen. It'll have us start calling things good that are actually evil because it becomes American tradition or it becomes American uh, that that uh, hopefully they never cross. But if they cross, choose Christianity not america amen i hope they never cross but if they do choose jesus first and everybody said amen next thing and i don't know if i'm reading about uh, i don't know if i'm reading about um, uh, uh, america or sodom but fullness of bread we just so much we're just consumers consume 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 we get so full on things the bible says in revelations that we become rich and increase with goods and we think we have need of nothing amen People in America, well, where's the miracles? Where's the signs? Where's the wonders? I'll tell you where they are. When we start needing God again, we'll start seeing those things. But as long as we are full on everything else, we will not see it. This is why Jesus said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen, we live in a blessed area, blessed country. We have this so many blessings, but we have to learn how to be hungry in the midst of those blessings. Hungry for God, hungry for the move of God's spirit, hungry for his word. I fear for uh, the modern day church here in America because we think we've got everything, but we are actually lacking. Amen, and we, we think we've got more than enough when the truth is if we look at it spiritually, amen, we are not full, we are emaciated. We are living in the most... Biblically illiterate generation that's ever lived This is why I feel so strongly to teach you about the Bible because this Bible is going to be a lamp to your feet And a light to your path that when things get darker out there Amen when the world says I don't need God because I've got enough money I don't need God because I've got good health. I don't need God because everything's going well in my life I'm full of bread. We're gonna have a church that says no brother man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can have a nice house, but you still need God. You can have a nice car, but you still need God. You can have a 401K, but you still need God. You can be blessed and go on vacations every week, but brothers and sisters, you still need Jesus. You can be full of bread and still need the bread. And everybody said amen. Praise God. And, and so fullness of bread, abundance of idleness was in her and her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor, or the needy. I want to tell you, that's like America. We're so full of bread. We're so idle that we don't need anything else. Amen. Lot looked and he chose what saw what looked best to him. He chose the other option aside from God. He chose what looked right, even though it wasn't right. This is why first John teaches us love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world The love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world The lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father But is of the world and the world passes away and the lust thereof But he that does the will of God abides forever. I want to tell you, we are living in a world that is just like Sodom and Gomorrah. And if we're not careful, we'll become like Lot and we'll just inch closer and closer and closer. Amen. But I want to tell you, we got to be like Abram that says, you know what, I'm I'm not going to love the world. I'm not going to love the things that are in the world. I'm not going to let the world tempt me. Uh, In fact, I know it looks good, but I know somewhere in my soul it's not good. I know that everybody else might be doing it and indulging in it, but I made it up in my mind and in my heart as for me in my house we will serve the Lord somebody clap your hands and give God praise Amen. Amen. and so it was the mercy of God that got lot out of that city he had a love for that city he had a love for the world but the mercy of God showed up in the form of two angels that grabbed him and his family by the hand and took him out judgment of God fell upon Sodom and Gomorrah and I want to I want to just I want to just be uh, very transparent we can get to the place where we see things bad happening across the world in Ukraine and in the Middle East and we can get so to thinking that it'll never happen here I want to tell you in America we need to wake up because as sure as the judgment fell on Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, Amen. The judgment of God can fall in America as well if we don't repent. I want to tell you, this is why repentance does not start with the world. Repentance starts with the church. Amen. Revival doesn't start in the world. Revival starts in the church. It starts in our homes. It starts in our families. Praise God. And we, we might be, we might be those that are holding back the judgment of God from this world. And from this this nation amen church let us never get off our knees and let us never stop praying amen that god would turn things around i still believe god wants to give revival to america amen i still believe god wants to do great things in this nation i still believe there's a lot of people that need to be saved but with that being said if we won't repent as sure as judgment fell on sodom gomorrah it will fall here amen and uh, that is the wages of sin it's death so that's Lot, and that's what Lot was doing. Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah. God got him out. But meanwhile, going back to Abram, Abram is just doing exactly what he set out to do, walking with God by faith. I mean, when you read the story of Lot, he's going here, he's going there, he's doing this, he's doing that. It just seems a lot more exciting. But when you read the story of Abram, he's just walking. Well, that Christian life doesn't seem too exciting. Listen, the the, the Christian journey was never promised to be exciting, uh, I, although I do happen to think it's quite exciting at times. Amen. Praise God for that. But there's so many people that they, they look at church like it's supposed to be a fix or a high. I want to tell you this is this is not a drug. Amen. There's gonna be a lot of times where you are just putting your head to, your head down. You got your hand to the plow. You're pushing forward, and the Bible says if you if you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom. What's that really saying? You just got to keep on marching. Amen. So many people think walking with God is this, uh, the Lord said this to me today, and the Lord said that to me today, and the Lord spoke to me th- about this, and he talked to me about that. And I want to tell you unequivocally, God will speak to you, and the Spirit will move on you. And I love those moments, and I love those times. Amen. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of gaps in Abram's life where God speaks to him, and then he just obeys what God said, and, and nothing seems to be happening, and the answer hasn't come, and the promise has not been revealed, and he's just walking one step at a time. God said to do it. God said to go. God said, if I put my foot here, he'll give me the land, and I don't see it right now, and and, and there's, not, there's not all of these no trespassing signs popping up, and then with my name on it that now say this is my territory. I, I just know by Faith that God said wherever my foot touches is mine, and my kids. But there's nobody going out there and giving him the deed to the land. He's not he's not Instagramming the sign of the signing of the deed. He's not taking a selfie with his kids. He doesn't have any kids yet, but he's marching by faith, and it seems mundane. But I want to tell you, everybody here today, that sometimes the most holy thing you can do seems mundane. Hallelujah. It seems simple. It seems basic. You know, it's not always exciting to read your Bible. Amen, at times. Now, I want to tell you, I'm a Bible nerd. I love reading it, and I get so much out of it every time I read it. But there's some days I get up and I say, I don't really want to do this. But I promise you this, if you will keep reading it, you will gain things in the spirit, and they will compound in your life, and they will make you a more well-rounded Christian. Everybody said amen. Abram is walking with God. Man, he's praying when he don't feel like it. He's reading his Bible when he don't feel like it. He's praising God when he don't feel like it. He's going to church when he don't feel like it. Amen. He's doing all these different things, and he is actually being the exact opposite of Lot. Lot's giving into his flesh, and it seems more exciting. Amen. But if you read the end result of Lot, it wasn't good. He lost everything. But Abram, just walking by faith, gained everything God promised to him. Amen. He's, he ends up fighting battles. That's a little exciting. Not so fun to fight battles, but it's exciting sometimes. Amen. He is entertaining angels. Angels show up at his doorstep. The angel of the Lord shows up at his doorstep. And and in this, he's building altars. He's making sacrifice. He's, he's even getting an opportunity, the first and only time in the entire Bible, to bargain with God if there's 50 righteous. If there's 40 righteous, if there's 30 righteous. I mean, he's the only person in history to ever make a deal and bargain with God. How incredible is that? But that came because day by day he was walking with God. Amen. And in the midst of all of this, he's getting more and more spiritual. If you have your Bibles, book of Genesis chapter 15, we're going to read about a little bit of this. He's trying to redeem Lot, save Lot, deliver Lot, amen. He's taking breaks out to help Lot. Thank God for a good man like Abram, amen. Lot should have learned his lesson, never disconnect from people like Abram that are going to fight for you spiritually, that are going to love you, amen. I want to tell you the church is a place that will fight for you, that will pray for you, that will fight devils for you, amen. Stay connected, amen. In the middle of all of this, Genesis 15 and 18, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, or the king of peace. Some believe, and I'll talk about this in a minute, some believe this was a theophany. This was a a, 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 a Old Testament shadowing of Jesus manifesting in the flesh. Amen. He was the king of peace. And I'll, I'll explain that here in a little bit. We're, we'll read a little bit of Hebrews as well. Hebrews chapter number 7. But the Bible says, he brought forth bread and wine. This is the first time you see uh, what we will later see in the New Testament as communion. Amen. This is typology of communion. And he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And this is what Abram did. Verse 20. And he gave to him tithes of all. Amen. Did you know tithing is pre-law? Some people say, well, no, I don't need to do that. That's, that's, that's law-based. Melchizedek is before the law was given. Amen. And if you want to quickly turn open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 7, this is a fascinating, we don't have time for it, but this is a fascinating story. Uh, 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 we could talk about an individual Is a person by the name of Melchizedek or Melchizedek. Don't name your children that. Don't name them that. Don't name them Mephibosheth either. Man, I could just see a bunch of Mephibosheths and Melchizedek running around the church. Praise God. So Abram is given the first biblical communion, pre-law, pre-Jesus. This is after a great battle. And this blessing is coming upon him. And Abram looks at all of his substance and he gives the first tenth of all of it. He tithes on everything. He gives that to the priest Melchizedek. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7. For this Melchizedek, verse 1. King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abram returning from the slaughter of the king's And blessed him to whom also Abram gave a tenth part of all first being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace now you got to understand the book of Hebrews whether you believe the writers Paul or the writers Apollos he is making the greatest treaties on how Jesus is the Messiah and he is using every example of where Jesus might have appeared in the Bible And one of those he's using is Melchizedek. And he is bringing forth spiritual understanding. Verse 3, this is what we know about Melchizedek. He is without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but is made like unto the Son of God, and abideth a priest continually. That's why most people believe this was an Old Testament theophany of Jesus, kind of like the fourth man in the fire uh, in the book of Daniel. Amen. Now, verse 4. Now, consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abram gave a tenth of the spoils. And verily, they are that, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. He is now using this story of Melchizedek, to prove tithing goes into the law and tithing goes into the church. And if you want to read the rest of the chapter for the sake of time, we won't go into that. I just wanted to, uh, since it was in our Bible, so I wanted to take a minute for those who would say, well, I don't know where it's at. I could show you all the way back in Genesis. He paid tithes of all. And the Bible says that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Levi. Amen. And Abram, who was blessed of God, was blessed by this prophet, blessed by this preacher, blessed by this this one that brought forth communion. And in turn, he took and gave tithes of all that he had. Amen. So if you ever are wondering in your faith, does this really make a difference? I want to tell you, it makes a big difference in the kingdom of God. It is a biblical doctrine that goes all the way back to Genesis. Amen. And if you want to be blessed by God, you got to obey the word of the Lord. Amen. And become a tither. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to continue talking about the blessing. I talked about all the, all the tough stuff with, with Lot last week. We're going to talk about the blessing. Amen. I wanted to give you one of the keys to Abram's blessing that when the prophet showed up, when Melchizedek showed up, he was a tither. Amen. And there was a blessing that flowed upon him because he was a giver. And everybody said amen to that. Genesis 12, one through three. Now the Lord said, Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee. Amen. How many is excited for that? Amen. I want to bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless him that blessed thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1. After these things, after he separated from Lot, the word of the Lord did. Came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. That's another blessing. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing that I go childless? And this steward of my house, this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me, you have not given a child or seed, and lo, one born in my house will become my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Amen. I want to talk to you about the blessing that God put in the life of Abram everybody say financial amen god promised to bless abram financially for those that would say god's not interested in that you look at every major character in the bible every single one of them was blessed amen both temporally and spiritually everybody said amen they were blessed abram was blessed even lot was blessed David was blessed. Saul was blessed. Solomon was blessed. You go down the people of God. Noah was blessed. Each and every one of them that God put his hand on, God blessed them. He blessed them financially. Everybody say physical. He promised physical blessings. Amen. What good is a blessing from the Lord if it is just spiritual and it never makes its way into the tangible world? Amen. There's some people that they've been given over this false ideology. Oh, he just blessed me spiritually. Where's the proof? Where is the tangible? I'm not talking about materialism. Please understand me. Although sometimes material things come with the blessings. Well, God just blesses spiritually. Show me that anywhere in the Bible. Hallelujah. God blesses financially. God blessed physically. And everybody say spiritually. God blessed spiritually. This is the threefold blessing that God declared over Abram. Amen. Everybody turn in your Bible to the book of Galatians chapter 3. It's in the New Testament. It is after the book of 1 and 2 Corinthians. It's going to go Acts, Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians. And then you are going to move into Galatians. Amen. Galatians. Well preacher, why does any of this matter? I'm glad you asked. Why are we studying about this old 99-year-old dude in the book of Genesis? Why does it matter? Why are we talking about Melchizedek and Melchizedek? And why are, why are we talking about all these Old Testament people that died uh, over over 6,000 years ago? Why does it matter today? Hallelujah. Because there is a spiritual lineage that connects us all the way back to these people. Praise God. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 6. Galatians chapter 3, and verse number 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, we just read that, you just found where that was written. God said, "I'm going to bless you again." Remember what I told you? I've got financial blessing for you, and He fulfilled it by the time Genesis 15 rolled around. He was already the Bible says He was rich in cattle. He was rich in herds. He had so many servants. He didn't know what to do with it all. I mean, He'd already got that part, and now He's saying, "God, You blessed me financially, and You've blessed me uh, with with spiritual blessings." He said, "But I don't have a kid yet. So where's?" The physical blessing that you promised. Amen. But God showed him, amen, a spiritual moment. And the Bible says he took that spiritual moment and he believed that God was going to do what he promised. And the Bible says it was counted him for righteousness. Verse 7, know you therefore that they which are of faith. That's you and that's me. Are you of faith here tonight? Amen. Amen. Know you not that those which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know what my 23 and me says. I don't know how much Ashkenazi Jew I am. I never spit in the vial and found out if I'm Jewish or not. Well, you got are you of faith here tonight? Hallelujah. Are you of faith here tonight? Have you been have you repented of your sins? Amen by faith. Have you re, have you been water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins by faith? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues by faith? Then I've got good news for you today. You are a child by faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. What does that mean preacher? Okay. I'm glad you asked. Amen. So now we are of faith. Verse eight and scripture. That's what we're studying here tonight. All, you know, all of the stuff we're talking about you may not see all of the connecting dots yet, but if you keep studying the Bible, if you keep coming to church, keep coming to Bible study, there's going to be some things that are going to line up that are going to unlock some things in your life that are going to change you forever. Amen. I want to tell you that, that this word won't just save your soul and get you a place in heaven, but this word will give you abundant life here on earth as well. There are some keys, amen, there are some keys that will unlock some knowledge that you did not have that will forever change your life here on earth, amen. That's why we're studying these things here tonight. The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, did you know that you used to be a heathen? Amen, amen. If you're married to him, God 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 bless the husbands amen hallelujah that couch better be nice tonight amen just tell me you know did you know you were a heathen the scriptures knew god would justify the heathen that means the unbelievers the gentiles that's you and me amen through faith preached before the gospel unto abraham think about this well why are we studying this This Old Testament example of a prophet given communion by the name of Melchizedek or Melchizedek showing up. May not make sense to a lot of people, but I want to tell you that was him introducing, Amen. If you, if it were the gospel message, Amen, of the breaking of the body of Jesus and the spread and the spilling of the blood of Jesus, this was Old Testament shadow of the gospel being preached to all the world, Amen. And and Abraham became a recipient of this, and the Scriptures foretold, and they saw a day that was coming where through Abram when he said in thee shall all the nations all the families of the earth be blessed that meant that meant the Ammonites that meant the Amalekites that meant the Philistines that meant everybody we're going to study about amen throughout the scriptures that meant the that meant the Hispanic community that meant the Asian community uh, amen I want to tell you that meant the Middle Eastern community uh, that meant the Carson City community that all the way back in Abram he saw a day that God was going to save the heathen. God was going to save Nevada and God was going to he was going to justify them by faith. Hallelujah. He looked all the way and he saw there's a day coming and it's going to come through the Savior that's going to come from Abram, that's going to come, amen, uh, from the loins of Abram. Uh, this promised child, uh, this physical blessing that Abram was waiting for and praying for was one day going to come. And through his lineage, all the families of the earth were going to receive the very same blessing that God gave to Abraham. That's you and that's me. In thee, verse 8, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. When you read that in the Old Testament, you think no big deal. I want to tell you, there was a prophecy that was being made right there that goes all the way back to the fall of man that goes all the way back to Genesis 3 and 15. Every Bible study we've done, I've hoped to try to show you there's a connection through your Bible that is that is slowly but surely leading us out of the shadows and leading us closer to Jesus. That when mankind sinned and fell in the garden, there was a promise and a prophecy that one day there was going to be a son born of a woman that was going to crush the head of the serpent and it was going to undo the curse. Uh, amen. And they looked for that day and they looked for that Messiah and they They thought it was Cain, but he killed his brother, uh, and it couldn't be Abel because he died. Maybe it's Seth, and men begin to call upon the name of the Lord, but it it wasn't Seth. And maybe it was uh, Noah because after all, after him we're going to get rest. uh, But he gets drunk on his own vineyard, and then they create the Tower of Babel. And Nimrod's not our Savior, and maybe it's going to be Abram, and Abram messes up. But there comes a lineage that continues all the way back from Adam, and it goes all the way to the New Testament until. We get to Jesus, that in Jesus, all the families of the earth are blessed. That means you, and that means me. Somebody give God great praise here tonight. If you're thankful to be part of the family, give him praise. If you're thankful that at one point you were not part of the family, you were not saved, but now you're saved, give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this, amen, and we're going to to finish here tonight for the sake of time. And and we'll we'll go in and we'll talk about the the covenant next week, amen. But but here, Abraham, verse 9, amen. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. That means the same blessing that was upon Abram is now on you by faith. I want to really get this into us here today. Well, I don't think I'm blessed if you have been baptized in Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus, all the families of the earth are blessed. Amen. All of them have received the same blessing that has come upon Abraham by faith as much as you believe that baptism also now saves you you've also got to believe by faith that you have been adopted into a greater family and by being adopted into Jesus's family that very blessing that God put upon Abram now belongs to you hallelujah what does that mean for you today I want to tell you that you by faith being children of Abraham by faith you get the same physical blessing, the same financial blessing What does that financial blessing look like? I will bless those that bless you. And I will curse those that curse you. Hallelujah. That's a a blessing that when you are saved, you can walk in. I'm not talking about, here's here's a beautiful thing about this when you get this revelation. You don't need to curse anybody. Not like it would do anything anyways. I don't believe in that mess. Amen. You don't need to. You just live for God. You just walk by faith, and all of a sudden, if you look back on your life, hindsight being 2020, you'll start recognizing little blessings that came seemingly out of nowhere. I want to tell you, those came upon your life because you're children of Abraham by faith through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited about this here tonight because if we could ever get this revelation, we would stop living like we're behind and stop living like we're the tail and stop living like we are just second-class citizens in the kingdom. I want to tell you, you, when you went down in that watery grave, you were buried with him in baptism. But when you came up, I want to tell you, you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you get all rights and privileges of the kingdom somebody give him praise <laughs> hallelujah you get all rights and privileges you know I, I was born here as we talk about born here in the United States and you know what that doesn't always mean a whole lot Of it doesn't really mean a whole lot when you're walking around the United States but it means a lot when you travel to another country hallelujah you start thanking God for that passport you hold that if they ever capture me If they ever detain me and try to hold me accountable to whatever made-up laws they want to come up with, they're going to not be contending with me. They're going to be contending with the nation I come from. Hallelujah. Amen. I want, you, I want you to get this because we're going somewhere. Amen. When you, by faith, get into the lineage of Abraham through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, you, you laid down whatever citizenship you had here on earth, and now as you go about, amen, anything the adversary tries to put on you or to do to you, you just look right, you look that old devil, amen, right in his ugly face, and you let him know all rights and privileges of the kingdom of God. God, Uh, all blessings uh, that come upon Abraham, uh, all blessings that came upon Jesus, they're mine. Somebody give him praise. Let's stand across the building. I want to tell you, there's more to you than just you. Uh, There's a family there. There's a lineage there by faith. Uh, There's a blessing by faith. Hallelujah! You now just are a representative of a greater kingdom. Hallelujah, Amen. When you're born again of water and spirit, you're no longer, uh, you're no longer whatever. You, you know, you still retain here on earth your ethnicity and all that stuff, your gender. But I want to tell you, when you're born again, the Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, uh, male nor female. I want to tell you, there are no second class citizens in the kingdom of God. If God blessed Abraham, God will bless you. If God blessed Isaac, God will bless you. If God blessed Jacob, he'll bless you. He's still the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's still... Can I add one more? You put your name in it. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jonathan, Princeton, Kayla. You add your name in there. He's still the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Evan Hood. And all the blessings that flowed from one to the other flow on us tonight. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. You are blessed more than you recognize tonight. You are blessed more than you know tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All those financial blessings upon Abraham, he just walked in it. What did he have to do to receive those blessings? What did he have to do? Nothing. This is why, this is why what he's saying in Galatians, he's bypassing the law. In order to get all these things in the the Old Testament according to the law, there's a lot of things you had to do. All Abraham had to do, he's going back pre-law. Walk with God by faith. And as long as you're walking by faith, all the blessings flow. As long as you're walking with God by faith, all the rights and privileges flow as well. His financial blessing flowed upon Abraham, it'll flow on you as well. His physical blessings, amen. This is why the Bible says, with his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. That's physical, folks. Amen. For those that would say that, 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 and we'll get into this when we get into the gifts of the Spirit. Well, that, that's that was a, there was a cessation of all those gifts. No, there wasn't. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, the, he doesn't heal anymore. Says who? Show me the show me the Bible verse that said, God stopped healing. Show me one. Amen. If you show me one, I'll give you a thousand dollars that said, God stopped healing. Amen. You know what that is? That's physical. Amen. That doesn't mean that every time somebody's sick, God's going to heal them. Amen. But that does mean that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That we pray the prayer of faith. Amen. Not the prayer of doubt. Not the prayer of pessimism. All our job is to do is to lay hands on them and pray for them. And that same physical blessing that was upon Abraham was also upon you. And those spiritual blessings, those are also upon you you can read if you want for your own sake of time. I encourage you to read the entire book of, the entire chapter of Galatians chapter 3. It'll tell you the rest of the story. But I'm going to read a couple more verses to you just to give it a little more context. Verse number 13. Here we go. Well preacher, I don't know if I believe all that. That sounds a little a little too close to prosperity preaching. The Bible says, "I would that you prosper even as your soul prospers." God's not going to prosper you financially at the cost of your soul. That's what the devil does. Hallelujah. But if you are living for God and operating in faith, you will be blessed. Everybody said amen. But you know what makes me mad? Because prosperity preachers have got up and abused scriptures, we stop using them. Well, hallelujah. Just because somebody abused scripture doesn't mean we should stop using scripture. All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in all righteousness, including this one right here, that he'll bless you just like he blessed Abraham. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just really getting this through because this is important. This is important because there's some people that think, well, to be saved, i got to be broke. That's not true. That is not true. Nor do you have to drive a Maserati to be saved. That's, that's not true either. Amen. It does, it's neither here nor there. You can be broke and still go to heaven. You can be blessed and still be to heaven. Amen. But there is no biblical proof that says you got to be broke to be saved. There's no biblical proof that you got to have a million dollars like the Catholic Church taught for a long time, that you got to give and you got to pay your way into heaven. There's no Bible for that either. But there is Bible that He blesses just like He blessed Abraham. Well, let's connect this to the New Testament. Verse 13 Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Which means what he did on Calvary when he hung upon that cross. He took that curse out of the way. Verse 14, why? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That means... Every blessing that came, every promise that came upon Abraham is now available to you. Financial, yes. Physical, yes. But right here, the promise of the spirit. That is a spiritual blessing. When you get when you and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that was that was the main thing God wanted to give to the Gentiles, but they were so lost they couldn't receive it. But now they can, verse 16. Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and of the seed which is of Christ. In other words, he said to Abraham, to your seed. He wasn't going around to everybody saying that. He was saying to Abraham, and now through Jesus we have that same blessing. Verse 29, and I'm done here. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm still waiting on the day. Maybe I ought to do some ancestry.com or 23me. I'm so waiting on that day I get a letter in the mail that says, "By the way, you're related to a rich uncle." And uh, you didn't know you're related, but uh, he's got a check with 10 million dollars your name on it. Anybody waiting for that? I'm waiting for that. If you get it, let me know. I will just we'll just we'll link up in prayer. Hallelujah. I'm waiting on that day. Praise God. But you know what? That's called an inheritance. And the truth is, for most of us, that'll probably never come. You'll never get a rich uncle that shows up and says, hey, by the way, I left you all this stuff. But according to Scripture, you have an inheritance. And it's worth a lot more than gold and silver. Hallelujah. The Bible says it's an inheritance that's incorruptible. And if you are in Christ Jesus, then you you are joint heirs with Jesus of the promise that was made to an old guy in the old Testament, by, old Testament by the name of Abraham. Which means, all the blessings that were on him, you received through Jesus. Let's just say for a moment, and I'm done here. Let's say you did have a rich uncle. And you found out that his death brought you $10 million. How would you live tomorrow? Well, I gotta, I gotta scrounge to make it happen. I gotta, man, I gotta rob Peter to pay Paul. Beg, borrow, steal. No, you would live according to your new station in life, Pastor. Why does all this matter? Because if you ever give a, get a revelation of what family you've been adopted into. You wouldn't live the way you used to live. Praise God! You won't think about your well. I'm just, you know, I'm just from a poor family, and I listen. I'm 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 a, biologically from a very poor family, and uh, you can have dignity and still be poor. I'm not saying anything about that. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm just no good. Nobody in my family ever accomplished anything. Never went to college. Never, brother. I just got your 23 and me back. It says you actually belong to another family. And you've been setting your identity based on the wrong bloodline. Did you know by faith you're a child of the king? Did you know by faith you got all the blessings of Jesus and Abraham? How would you view yourself then if you realized you were royalty? How would you walk around? I'll tell you what I would do. I'd take my head from hanging down, feeling sorry for myself. I'd square my shoulders, lift up my head, because after all, I'm a child of the king. I've got royal blood flowing through these veins. That's why it matters. That's why it matters. Because in Jesus, you are adopted into the family of Abraham. And all those blessings are now yours. Would you lift up your hands? I'm done teaching. Thank you for your attention. But I hope you get a revelation. I hope that today you walk out of this building with your head up. Amen. When you realize I'm part of a great family. I'm part of Jesus' family. I'm part of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of the king. I've got royal blood flowing through these veins. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I might feel broke today. My bank account might not represent it, but if I walk by faith, he'll bless me. If I walk by faith, he'll bless me financially. He'll bless me physically. He'll bless me spiritually, but I've got to keep walking by faith. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down? We're going to pray right now. If you need a blessing from the Lord, I want to tell you, it's already yours. It's already yours. But I want you to come and redeem your identity tonight. I want you to come. If you've never received the greatest blessing, that is the Spirit of God. That is the Holy Ghost. You can have it tonight. We, who at one time were not a people, we have now been adopted into the right family. And we can receive that Spirit. Somebody pray. Come on, come on, hallelujah amen the test results are in you're in a better you're in a better lineage than you've been holding on to Uh, you got a better story than you've been giving it credit for Uh, I want to tell you you've got a future that's already settled in heaven Uh, you've got you've got great blessings that are already flowing Uh, somebody pray in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Uh, all across this building uh, pray until you feel your head being lifted up Uh, pray until you feel joy into your life again Uh, pray until you feel blessed uh, as you really are Uh, you maybe haven't felt blessed in a while Uh, let reality hit you Uh, i'm a child of jesus uh, which makes me a child of abraham uh, which makes me blessed come on this is going to help your prayer life you're going to ask for things you're going to ask for things from god with boldness uh, like you're his child not like you're a slave uh, you're time a son of god you're a daughter of god uh, you you're a part needed. of the family uh, it's Do
1: yours. You though the storms may come and the winds may flow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart in when you sleep away That's it. You can
0: feel the Holy Ghost moving through this building, confirming what I've told you tonight. You're a child of the King. You can lift your head up, you can square your shoulders. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord.
1: To age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. History can prove there's nothing you can do. Your faithful and true. Come on, that's it. If you need a financial blessing, so I want you to come pray about it. I'm a child of Abraham, and that blessing's upon me by faith,
0: through Jesus. If you need healing, you need something physical, you have that blessing upon you right now, by faith. If you need a spiritual blessing, you need a word from God, you can get it. This is a three-fold blessing that's ours by faith.
1: Say my word.
0: Come on. Somebody worship him. Come on. He's the God of Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, put your name in there.
1: He's never stopped being faithful. Somebody lift up your hands.
0: He's a faithful God. He was faithful to Abraham. He held on to his promise. He ordered his word. He was faithful to Isaac. He blessed him. He took care of him. He healed the wife, Rebecca. He gave him spiritual blessings. He was faithful to Jacob. He changed him to Israel. He gave him physical blessings, financial blessings. He body he healed his wife he also blessed them spiritually and physically God's still doing it he's faithful come on by faith by faith Hallelujah! I want to tell you this, this stuff we're talking about week in and week out is foundational to your faith in Jesus. Everything we do, listen, I love shouting and jumping and all that. That's, But when you shout and jump on Sunday or on next Wednesday or at your house, after this lesson, I want you to have a, a deeper understanding as to why. When we get up and sing it, sometimes we do, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. There's some folks maybe think, well, we shouldn't sing about that in church. Yes, we should. Because the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. I want to tell you people that, well, they need to come because they need to know they're rotten slugs of sinners. That's that's not going to get them in. Listen, we are lost without Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. But there's something about getting around people. And when you start talking about how good God is, they just can't wait to go to church with you. They see the blessings of God in your life. They see God working in your family. They see God heal your body. What a great testimony. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, God still does it today. And then they come into the church, and they hear about people saying, man, we're so blessed. We're so blessed. We're so blessed. Amen. I want to tell you, that makes me want to give God even better praise than I ever have. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I'm blessed and you're blessed to be saved. Hallelujah. Somebody praise God for that. We're blessed that he, the Bible says he is the Lord that heals us. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, he's still a healer. You could be sick in your body tonight, and he could heal you. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would believe that. I'm going to preach on that soon until it gets in the bones of the church. Amen. I want to tell you, he's still a healing God. Now, God's not a vending machine. We can't, well, A5, now he's going to heal. No, he's not a vending machine, but God's still a healer. Sometimes he heals, and sometimes he gets glory in the infirmity. Hallelujah. But don't ever, mis- don't ever mistake it, he's still doing physical blessings. And I want to tell you, he's still giving people spiritual blessings as well. He's still filling people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So when we shout and we, we jump, we need to do it. We need to do it with the understanding. When we clap our hands, we need to clap our hands with the understanding that we are children of Abraham by faith and the very blessings that were upon Abraham are now upon us. Amen. And we don't have to walk around with our head hanging down because, well, you don't know where I came from. I want to tell you, you don't know where you came from. Huh? Amen. The children of Abraham, you're in a new family. Amen. Doesn't matter what family you came from. Good, bad, indifferent. You're part of a heavenly kingdom and a heavenly Family, you're part of a royal family, and that ought to give you a royal praise. I ought to give God a royal praise. Somebody, clap your hands and give God a shout of glory. When we get this revelation, I want to encourage you: read, read again, Galatians chapter three. Read again, Amen. Hebrews, were we talking about? I want to say it's Hebrews chapter seven. Amen, we're talking about Melchizedek There's just some good things about the blessings of the Lord and how they flow even in the people of God today. Amen, go back, study it out. Amen, get a revelation of who you are in the kingdom and start living like it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Shake hands, be friendly, love one another. We'll see you Friday night where we're going to have blessed ice cream. Hallelujah, and a great time of fellowship. God bless you.